Now, Uncommon Sense with Leland Conway on 630KHOW, Denver's talk station. So electric vehicles are truly despicably evil. And if you drive one, I will explain to you why you are destroying the planet next hour. Also, why are the Democrats so hell bent here in Colorado on punishing the victims and alleviating the criminals? I don't understand it. We'll get into that. Uh, But first, everybody's talking about this Tucker Carlson thing and the January 6th tapes. (sighs) All right, I guess I'll dive into it. Uh, What the hell? Light the fires, right? Uh, text the show, 57739-57739. Text Leland, L-E-L-A-D, to 57739. Let's have a conversation. So everybody's talking about this uh, Tucker Carlson thing, where he did this segment um, supposedly exposing that the January 6th thing wasn't as violent as it's been, as it's been made to be or appear on most of the mainstream media networks. What I found interesting about all of this was the number of Republicans whom I otherwise respect that have jumped in on the uh, Tucker Carlson as a liar bandwagon, which is interesting. Now, I, I want to preface this by saying, and, and I don't think it I don't think I need to say it because I think those of you that have been listening for a while kind of know where I come from on this. But I'll say it again if you're like a new listener and we haven't talked about January 6th while you've been listening. So I'll just do it. Um, but I, I detested that day. I detested what happened. I detested the people that went into the Capitol. I detested the whole, um, conspiracy theory around hacked voting machines. Uh, I've always felt like the election was manipulated. I think it was manipulated right before our eyes. We have so much evidence of that. If we'd have focused on that, we might've actually gotten some headway, but by so many in the Trump supporter crowd, the rumpled Trumpkins, clinging to the idea that the voting machines were hacked it created a a thing for the mainstream media to focus on and plaster anybody who had legitimate questions about balloting and harvesting of ballots and all the stuff that actually did happen and the manipulation in the big tech which actually did happen and the manipulation of the media which actually did happen it 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 cheapened all of those discussions so we never really got anywhere so i hated what happened on january 6th because it gave a lightning rod to that thought process. So I detest any anybody who participated in that. So I want to make that clear. Secondly, it was not what the mainstream media portrays it to be. And also, there was federal government involvement in agitating that situation. And I think that's very clear. Massive amounts of evidence. So I see it as my job to try to help, how do I say this, Filter through the hyperbole because I and I'll say this too. I don't think Tucker Carlson's a liar. I think he I think potentially on this thing, he probably ventured a little too far into hyperbole land, which he has a tendency to do from time to time. But I don't think he's a bald faced liar. Now, it's not my place to judge whether he is or not, but I don't think he's I don't think he's a bald. I don't think he. I don't think he said to himself, I've got something. I know it's wrong. I know it's not true, but I'm going to say it anyway. I don't think he did that. Like, that's what Chuck Schumer, who's big mad about these segments on Tucker Carlson's show, is saying about him. <clears throat> Last night, 
millions of Americans tuned in to one of the most shameful hours we have ever seen. I got. By the way, I just got. I got pause right here. I got to tell. You, I. <laughs> I love Chuck Schumer as a caricature, not not as a person. I I I love him as a caricature. He <laughs> every time he comes to the podium, he has this like super over drama. <laughs> Last night, it was the worst night in television history. And and I'm sitting here and I'm watching this. And I'm like, why the hell does a U.S. senator even care what's on TV? On cable television. With contempt for the facts, disregard of the risks, and knowing full well he was lying, lying to his audience. Fox News host Tucker Carlson ran a lengthy segment last night arguing the January 6th Capitol attack was not a violent insurrection. Actually, there was a lot of footage that uh, Tucker Carlson aired that showed the violence. So he wasn't saying that the entire event contained no violence. He was pointing out, and this, by the way, this is, we're going to cut through the hyperbole here, is this is important, and it leads to a point I'm going to make a little bit later in the program that's also an important point. He was simply showing that there were areas of the Capitol in which people were milling about can I use CNN's words in a mostly peaceful manner, <laughs> right? And postmark that statement, please, because I'm going to come back to it. So get a little yellow mental post-it note, mostly peaceful, and we're going to come back to that. So I just want to point that out. By diving deep into the waters of conspiracy and cherry-picking from thousands of hours of security footage, Mr. Carlson told the bold-faced lie that the Capitol attack, which we all saw with our own eyes, was somehow not an attack at all. Okay, so if I could, if I may, could I posit a question? And text the show directly, 57739, Leland to 57739. Could I posit a question? Would Chuck Schumer be more believable in this moment? Had he cared about all the things that had happened exactly as he describes here with the left-wing media surrounding matters of life and death in the pandemic and surrounding matters of uh, other violent uprisings in America that were covered up by the media? So in other, knowing full well, right? Like this is where I told you to postmark that post-it note, that little, that little statement of milling about in a mostly peaceful manner. I'm using those words because that's what CNN said with a blazing business behind them on the TV camera. As Chuck Schumer said, we all saw this on TV. And if we all saw this on TV and it was so obviously heart-wrenching, which it was, and again, I'm not defending even the ones that were milling about in a quote-unquote mostly peaceful. I'm being somewhat sarcastic, but that doesn't absolve the people that went in there. It just simply states that not everybody that went in there was trying to break the system. And and, and so when we we back it up and we look at all this from 30,000 feet and you have a CNN reporter in front of a burning business and a Chiron headline underneath of them that says fiery but mostly peaceful protest, right? Again, we all saw that with our own eyes too. And if Chuck Schumer had been concerned about the truth, and if he didn't care whether the truth hurt or helped his side, 
he'd be a lot more believable when the truth might hurt or help the other side. So, again, cutting through the hyperbole, because for two and a half, three years now, we've heard the media ostracize people, cancel people, silence people, make fun of people and mock people who said things that now the media is reporting are true about the vaccine, about the pandemic, and that, in fact, the people in the media did. For instance, let's talk about Joe Rogan for a second and ivermectin. CNN targeted Joe Rogan because Joe Rogan was having on his podcast really important scientific minds that dissented from the big pharma, big government conglomerate that was trying to profit off of the crisis of the pandemic. And but for, for, the, for the sin of inviting those minds onto his program, and by the way, just for context, Joe Rogan also had pro-vaccine and pro-shutdown people on his show. He had both. But for the sin of actually daring to walk down the middle and present both sides of an issue, he was ostracized because he said real quickly in his video after he had COVID, I took ivermectin, I did this and I did that and I did that. And CNN knowingly, knowingly tried to cancel him by mocking him, calling that horse dewormer. Because it can be used as a horse dewormer. But everyone knew that Joe Rogan wasn't taking horse dewormer. But they did that anyway. That is an example of what Chuck Schumer is saying Tucker Carlson did. So what I'm, what I'm having trouble wrapping my head around is how we make any progress on anything important when we have these two sides that are constantly engaged in deceptive and dishonest hyperbole to the point that what is truth anymore? I saw uh, Adam Schiff, the representative, tweet about the January 6th stuff and the tapes and the Tucker Carlson and called him the same thing Chuck Schumer did. And I'm laughing at this tweet last night because I'm going, dude, you you pencil neck bulbhead. Do you have any clue? Like, are you are you not even able to listen to yourself? You were caught lying. And this is legitimate. This isn't me hyperbolizing this. Adam Schiff claimed that he had proof, incontrovertible proof, that Trump was a Russian agent. That was a made-up lie. And he went on television and he told it over and over and over again. Even when it was debunked, he told it. And now he has the unmitigated gall to call Tucker Carlson a liar for simply showing tapes they didn't want you to see. So here's my point in all of this. And again, I'm not defending the January 6th stuff. I'm not even really defending Tucker Carlson except to say that while I believe he engages in the hyperbolic side of discussion from time to time and certainly probably did in this instance, it doesn't mean that everything that he aired in that, in that show was unworthy of discussion. And it is worthy of discussion to note that they didn't want you to see all of the tapes. And in fact, I believe that the left's reaction to this and some on the right is because they don't want you to see it all. Because I think if you saw it all, you would see the one thing they're terrified of. And this doesn't have anything to do with whether or not I think people who went in there need to be in jail or not in jail or whatever. This doesn't have anything to do with that. Again, I have no, I give no quarter to people who did that that day because it was a dumb thing to do. And it was... It was it was uh, it, it was damaging to the to, to the symbolic persona of our nation.
and the fabric of our society. It was damaging to that for people who participated in that. So I'm not defending that, but I do want to make a point. In amongst all of that and what they don't want you to see, and I believe this with all my heart because I've seen a lot of evidence with my own eyes, I believe the federal government was involved in agitating that situation. I believe they wanted this. And the closer Tucker Carlson or anyone else, however hyperbolic they may be, circles around that target, the more terrified and reactive they become. And I, I think that, and, and it's a, you ask them, why are some of the Republicans getting involved in this? Mitch McConnell made a statement. Again, people I know, respect, and love. I have, on Twitter, I have some Republican official friends. They're dear friends of mine. And they jumped in on this. And I was like, why are you doing this? They have to be, there's something going on here where the Republicans, what is the, what, this is the, an age-old problem with Republicans, right? They talk a big game on the campaign trail. They don't do anything when they get in power. And this is a perfect example of it. With the except, I mean, credit to McCarthy for releasing these tapes. And I'll play some audio about all this in just a minute. But you see a lot of Republicans that are rushing to try to take up the MSNBC banner on this, to take up the Chuck Schumer banner on this. And you go, why would they do that? Because they have to, they, they sense the overreaction by the left, and they sense that it's going to have the momentum. It's going to be a boulder rolling downhill chasing Indiana Jones, and they don't want to get caught underneath of that boulder. That's why they're doing this, because they know what the media is going to do. The media is going to circle, circle the wagons. They're all going to join Chuck Schumer on this. There's not going to be, everything is going to be, all the guns are going to be pointed directly at Tucker Carlson now, all of them. He can get on Fox News and demand the client list of Epstein all he wants, because it's never going to get out. They're not worried about that. But you start looking at tapes they don't want you to see, and you start showing those tapes to the American people, and they don't get to put the context on it, that terrifies them. And that's the crux of this story. Thomas Massey, my good friend, congressman from the 4th District of Kentucky, went on with Tucker Carlson and had this to say. The, the tapes of people milling peacefully about and my hats off to your producers for sitting over there and going through hours of this. Yes. But I would love to to you know, to unleash the resourcefulness of the American public on these videos. I think they should be released. You know, I think it's poppycock that they can't be released because of some security issues. Look, By the way, credit to my friend Massey for using weaving the word poppycock in there. That's pretty damn good. I'm the one who's supposed to be secured by these buildings and right. i'm not worried about releasing them okay so yeah the the claim is always with the government national security reasons we can't really dude i've been in every inch of that capital <laughs> there's people can go it, did, hello we own it there's nothing in those tapes that is going to show anything that you can't just go see for yourself by booking a tour or booking a private tour with your representative or senator or just go in on the public tour. You can see all that stuff. There's nothing in there that's going to be uh, detrimental to national security. It's a public building. We own it. It's ours. So, again, one has to wonder, what is the reasoning? Because when we talk about, we talk about Chuck Schumer saying they cherry-picked information – that is what the entire committee on January 6th did the entire time. When Republicans wanted to be on, skeptical Republicans wanted to be on that committee, Nancy Pelosi said, no, we're only going to have Republicans that agree with us and want to have the, the preconditioned, predetermined outcome to this discussion. We're only going to have those Republicans on the committee. 
That should tell you something right there. They need to be released. In fact, there was a Rasmussen uh, poll that just came out that showed over 80%, 78% of Democrats and 86% of Republicans say that all the videos should be released. And, um, and they should, because as you said, Tucker, you didn't have facial recognition software there. We also could, we need a complete catalog of all of the feds who were there. This is where it gets funky. Now, I'm going to play a little more of this after the break because um, after the news, because I, I, I this is where it gets into the, the nuts and bolts of the story. And the reason why I even wanted I didn't really care to talk about this because like I just want I'm just tired of it. But there 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 is something happening here that is a bigger story than just that day. Right. Again, I I get I get up. Whether you're on the right or you're on the left, if you're destroying public buildings, if you're rioting, which that clearly was, if you're doing these things, you should be punished to the fullest extent of the law. I feel no sorrow. The only people I might feel some sorrow for is people who maybe weren't part of the mad rush at the beginning and just thought the doors were open and that, hey, oh, cool, we're allowed to go into our building because it is a public building. Like, I feel a little sorry for those dumbasses, but really they shouldn't have been there as part of any of that in the first place, right? Like, that's where I got really mad at Trump for saying, let's go to the Capitol. And I know he wasn't telling people to go inside and, and, and storm it, but I was just like, dude, this is a fraught moment, and you have all these people that are whipped up in a frenzy. But the real story underneath all of this and the reason why they've cherry-picked their own data was because the whole thing was a setup. The whole thing was a setup from the get-go. And I'll give you my reasoning for that when we continue in just a minute. Because this is the important story. And this is I, I feel like this is my job, is to, is to weed through the hyperbole of both sides and get to the nut of what matters most to you and me, average Americans, out here in flyover country. We'll get to that when we continue, because I got more of this audio. I am Leland Conway, 630 KHOT, Denver's talk station. And now, back to more Uncommon Sense with Leland Conway on 630 KHOW, Denver's talk station. All right, we're going to get back to this audio from Congressman Massey on the Tucker Carlson appearance and the tapes about January 6th in just a minute. But this sort of dovetails with the conversation, right? Because on one hand, we have Chuck Schumer talking about how horrible of a liar Tucker Carlson is and that January 6th was the worst thing that ever happened to America ever and a pressing threat against democracy and so on and so forth. Meanwhile, uh, while CNN did initially report on this, I haven't heard a lot in the mainstream media about a story involving 23 people who are facing domestic terrorism charges after they arrested last Sunday amid violent protests and what amounted to an almost military-style raid on a construction site in which they're building a police training center in Atlanta. The area has been dubbed Cop City by opponents, they claim it would propagate militarized policing and harm the environment. So they're trying to save the forest. Um, of the 35 people that were detained, uh, most of the people were actually from out of the state of Georgia, which tells you something right there. A lot of these protests were organized and paid for by big leftist money on the other side uh, through a, a long chain of, of, of opaque uh, handoffs. Um, but it was, it, it, as I said, this was a military operation in a large sense. Um, quote, this is not a protest, this criminal activity and the charges that will be brought forth will show that, says Atlanta Police Chief Darren Sheerbaum. 
Uh, when you th- commercial-grade fireworks, when you throw Molotov cocktails, large rocks, and a number of other items at police officers, your only intent is harm. Joining me now is former police lieutenant Dave Smith. He held positions in patrol, SWAT, narcotics, training and management, and uh, developed the Buck Savage video training series, was lead instructor for the Caliber Press Street Survival, and helped develop Caliber's Tactical Edge Officer Survival book. He is a spokesperson for the National Police Association. He's on the line with us now. Lieutenant Dave, thanks for coming on. How are you, sir? Uh, great. Uh, it's great to be here today. Thanks for popping in with us. I, I feel like um, this, there's, there's two different Americas right now, right? Like there's with the mainstream media, big tech, and the Democrats are all aligned to basically say, um, we're not going to talk about any of the leftist violence that is out there. We're going to focus relentlessly on January 6th, despite the fact the government helped agitate that. And we're not going to even focus at all. We're just going to call these mostly peaceful protesters that are trying to save the forest uh, forest fairies or whatever and not talk about the fact that this was an act of civil war in a large port. It's political theater designed to instigate and aggravate political tensions. These guys, you know, like you just said, they come from all over the world. They're financed. They're highly financed. And the mythology, the fact that the media won't expose this really is it's disturbing. And, you know, in this case especially, this was a this is a project to improve service to the communities they claim to care about. And that's right. what's amazing. This is not just for police. It's for fire. It's going to be a first responder training center. Everywhere you look, there's there's an attempt by the left in America to dominionize police, to attack victims and to promote the welfare of criminals. Um, it drives me nuts. Here in Denver, Colorado, we have the highest car theft in the country. We have a number of other huge rises in violent crime. We have a massive rise in the amount of time it takes police to get to a critical call, which is a life or death call, as a direct result of a demoralized police force and a defunded police force. When you do these things, you're attacking the victims. And nobody wants to talk about that, Lieutenant Dave. No, you know, and there's part of the problem. You know, these prosecutors, no one ever asks about what is their... What is their political philosophical bent? What is it they're trying to do? And this is one of the issues, you know, because it's kind of abstract. You're saying, well, why do you let people go without bond? And they would tell you if they were honest, because they come from a social something called social conflict theory. It's just kind of convoluted, but it's what it in essence does. It says they're not criminals. They're simply rebels fighting against an evil system. They're the victims of the system. And the fact that they victimize others is just a side problem. And the victim, the real victim, the crime victim, we know is neglected, forgotten. And this is weird. But again, yeah. they never explain what they're about. And you're you're hitting a key point. These, prosec- these Soros prosecutors, they really come from this bizarre social construct theory. And it's really, it's hard to explain because it's such nonsense but when they explain it, it just sounds so good, so wholesome, so wonderful. It's just we need to pull these people up. But no, we don't. We need to punish them. You know, they choose to be criminals, and they need to be punished. So let's play a little devil's advocate here, okay? So the the, the foes of Cop City, as they've called it now, that want to save the forest fairies, um, they they say that this that this facility will propagate militarized policing. Will it? No. Here's the problem. It's an advanced training center, which is going to include probably things like SWAT, drivers training, firearms training, advanced training, uh, carbine training, firefighter techniques, tactics for the for the fire and EMS personnel. It's going to have everything. And the problem is it's just professionalizing the, the department. What they really want 
And this is the thing people have to understand. When you really sit down and dig into these information and argue and debate with these people, they want to federalize the police. They use that as an excuse to take local control away from the police. You know, when I uh, when when Michael Brown uh, was killed, I was getting ready to do an interview on one of these leftist networks back when they would still use me. And they said, well, aren't you concerned about all the military equipment that's given to law enforcement for these riots? And I go, not at all. I'm much more concerned about the federalization of police. Mm, and that's boy, a really good I point. never, let me say, I, I never got called back that producer. You know, I was getting all <laughs> set up to go to studio, never ended up in studio. I never heard right. from them again. I'm sure they just took that number, ran it through the shredder and said, this guy is a clown. Because they want that kind of centralized hierarchical control over all of our society. They, they're literally hierarchists, and, and they don't care about victims. They don't care about militarization. But believe me, once the feds take over everything, you, you think militarization. Just watch. Yeah. yeah. You know, Dave, this is a really good point. I don't think I've ever heard anybody approach it from that nuance before. Uh, because um, when, you, when you talk about militarized policing, you know, I'm libertarian, right? So it's kind of in my wheelhouse to sure. say I don't want the government to have tools with which to abuse me because eventually they will. But the uh-huh. broader issue, because I, I really like getting down to the nuts and bolts of things, and that's exactly what you did. If, if a SWAT team in a small town in Indiana has an armored truck, is that more or less dangerous than a centralized federal police force that is coming after parents, say, that are uh, upset about what's being taught to their kids in school at school board meetings. Oh, wait, that happened. Hello? Yeah. No, and this is why I don't understand. You know, we, we have such a bifurcated, uh, polarized uh, political system now between Republicans yeah. and Democrats. And, the, and the, I honestly don't know, uh, you know, what a libertarian would go with without pro-law enforcement, because <laughs> right. libertarians absolutely do believe in, in, in minimal government. But public safety still, and that's yeah. always been, yeah. you know, as Goldwater said, that minimum amount of government to provide yet provide service in the civil society to the people, and that's what we yeah. see. And, and at the same time, you know, like I said, you ever notice all these issues, they'll never explain what their goal is. They never tell mm-hmm. you what's the teleological end of a Soros prosecutor. Well, it's chaos, guys. We know it. It's going to be the whole country is going to look like escape from New York. We're all going to need Snake (laughs) Plissken to get us out of there. You know. Oh my God! Yeah, I I agree with you. It's funny because, like I said, I am a a libertarian thinker in terms of how I think. I'm not a member of any political party, but I'm a huge supporter of law enforcement. Uh, One because I have a lot of friends in law enforcement. But I got pulled over for speeding this last weekend by a very nice Colorado State Trooper and. He saw my law enforcement support sticker on the back, and he said, are you, are you law enforcement or you just support them? And I said, dude, I said, I'm not law enforcement, but like half my friends are law enforcement. And I said, without you guys, you know, and I said, by the way, I know why you pulled me over. I was speeding. I deserve everything I get. <laughs> so, oh, but I man. mean, you know, it, it, you're absolutely right. Listen, um, Dave, you're welcome on our program anytime. Um, and I, I hope you'll come back again because there's a lot of nuances of this conversation we need to discuss. Um, you know, here in Colorado, we have the same representative that is uh, that was behind defunding the police is now trying to ban assault weapons. So, again, punish the yeah. innocent vic- victims and go after uh, helping the criminals and, and all of that. It just drives me absolutely up the wall. Will you come again? Absolutely. Anytime. I appreciate it. And enjoy it. Thank you, man. All right. Lieutenant Dave Smith, spokesperson, of National Police Association, a lot of law enforcement experience. Great, uh, great outlook on all of that. All right. So I want to go back to this audio that we were playing. I'm going to back it up if you don't mind, because you may have just joined us. 
And I want to make sure that you hear it all in context. This is Congressman Thomas Massey on with Tucker Carlson talking about the release of the additional January 6th tapes, which came from Speaker McCarthy to Tucker Carlson, whose team then went pouring through them and then aired some of them on his show. The, the tapes of people milling peacefully about. And my hat's off to your producers for sitting over there and going through hours of this. Yes. But I would love to to. You know, to unleash the resourcefulness of the American public on these videos, I think they should be released. You know, I think it's poppycock that they can't be released because of some security issues. Look, I'm the one who's supposed to be secured by these buildings, and right. I'm not worried about releasing them. They need to be released. In fact, there was a Rasmussen uh, poll that just came out that showed over 80 percent, 78 percent of Democrats and 86 percent of Republicans say that all the videos should be released. And um, and they should, because as you said, Tucker, you didn't have facial recognition software there. We also could we need a complete catalog of all of the feds who were there. Tell us right. who they were. Let's exactly. go, let's watch the videos and let's see what they did because there's some really strange behavior at, uh, on those videos of people behind the police lines in plain clothes, like touching them on the shoulder, talking in their right. ear, walking up, you know, around boundaries as if they weren't even there. It's very odd. Uh, I'm the one who asked Merrick Garland. I showed him the tape of Ray Epps. The Democrats didn't like it. I had to show it on an iPad for, for Merrick Garland to watch it. And then he refused to say how many feds were there. But that, that was also in the Rasmussen poll. 57% of Democrats think that it's yes. at least somewhat likely that feds, agents of the federal government, were not just there, but were also encouraging people to riot or go into the Capitol. That's 100 percent the case because they've done it before and they've done it to both sides of the political aisle, all sides of the political aisle. Now, a couple bits of context on this. This is Congressman Thomas Massey from Fourth District of Kentucky. I've been friends with him since he was a judge magistrate, which is not the same as an actual judge. It's a county office in Kentucky. It basically amounts to like a county commissioner like we would have here. Um, I, I have I have known this guy. He is a good friend of mine and he is as honest as the day is long. Number one. Number two, he is not a fan of what happened on January 6th. I exchanged texts with him while it was happening, and he was kind of afraid in his office. He did not participate. He had nothing to do with it, and he hated it. This is not coming from a member of Congress who is pro what happened that day, and that's an important thing to note. So when you go back and you start talking about federal government officials or federal operatives being involved in this situation, you add that to the fact that there was right before the election, right before the election, there was this plot that was discovered to kidnap the very unpopular leftist governor of Michigan, Gretchen Whitmer, and it was engineered by Trump, remember? 14 of the 16 people involved in that plot were government informants. You connect those dots, and these all happened in and around this period of time. These were setups, and that is the story. Again, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not praising. I'm not celebrating. I'm not, I'm not giving any quarter to people who stormed the Capitol. That was, you know what? They were used as pawns, and 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 being used as pawns. My mom used to tell me, if you hang out with troublemakers and they get in trouble, guess who also gets in trouble? You do. You're responsible for your own actions. So I give no quarter to them. 
But there is a bigger story here, and it matters. Just like Dave was telling us, right? The bigger story is the federalization of the police. In this case, the bigger story here is that we have corrupt federal agencies that are participating in our politics in order to influence those politics in a direction they want it to go. That is a violation of everything that is at the core concept of America. That's the story. That is why the mainstream media and the Democrats have turned their full guns on Tucker Carlson. Hyperbole or not, there's value in what was aired. We'll continue. I have your texts next. Next hour, we'll get into homelessness. 630 KHOW, Denver's talk station. All right, text uh, 57739, text Leland to 57739. Sarah writes in, wait, where did her text go? Here it is. To me, little Chucky Schumer sounds like a kid who got his hand caught in the cookie jar. Yeah, that would would definitely be true, Sarah, definitely. Uh, Leland, this is Ray. Uh, Chuck Schumer also got in front of the Congress, lied about President Bush's taxes and other things, so his credibility is crap to begin with. Um, let's see, 6525 said, hey, Leland, what's incredible is Schumer and others label these videos cherry-picked lies. The same videos cherry-picked by the January 6th Sam, uh, sham trial. How are you going to believe Cheney and Schiff or your lying eyes? Um, yeah, it's a great point. Uh, Leland, doesn't the footage, says uh, 9732, uh, Leland, doesn't the footage add up to four years of video? Who's going to go through all of that? Not me. No. But isn't transparency supposed to be something we're supportive of? It's our capital. Belongs to us. People assaulted it. We should be able to see what happened there. Because what happens if we find out that the instigators of the assault on our capital was our own government? Guys, we know this has happened before. The Vivek Ramaswamy made a statement yesterday. I played the audio. I don't know if I have time or not. Today, I'm ready to announce the second government agency that I will shut down in this country. We should have done it 60 years ago. It's hurt Republicans and Democrats alike. We're going to get it done. It's finally time to shut down the FBI in America. I mean, I don't think the, I don't think the president has the authority to do that. But it's a damn good idea. We're not supposed to have a federal police force, and that's what they've become. Harassing parents, pro-life supporters and calling them terrorists, and then behind potentially some of this stuff? It's a big question to ask. Coming up next, we'll get into the homeless problem. Can Denver solve it? 630 How.